So, Leslie, did you know that the typical household spends 1500 bucks a year on energy bills? And if you're writing checks this weekend, you sure do know. But Uncle Sam can help you shave up to 450 bucks off your energy costs. So gather up your energy bills and hit MoneyPit.com. Click on Ideas and Tips, then click Estimators and Calculators, and use the Energy Star Home Energy Yardstick to save some bucks on your house. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we make good homes better. We are here to help you tackle your home improvement projects, to help you with those do-it-yourself dilemmas. We know it's hot, it's sticky, it's muggy, but you know what? Cool weather's just around the corner. Fall is what we call the Goldilocks season. Not too hot, not too cold, just right (laughs) to get those home improvement projects done. So it is time to start planning them. We're going to help you do just that. Speaking of planning, coming up this hour, when you purchase home improvement products, you want to make sure you buy just the right amount to get the job done. Now, if you buy too little, that means lots of trips back to the home center or the hardware store, and that's a big waste of time. Uh, if you're buying too much, it's a waste of money. And we've got some solutions to help you buy just the right amount, especially if it's flooring. We're going to give you some formulas to help you figure out how much material you need to tackle various projects around your house. All right. And Tom, I don't know if you're like me, but I tend to sort of wander around my house and look for things to do. Ah, that's the serial <laughs> renovator part of you. It's a bit of an issue. I'm always looking for something. So if you're like us, when you're surveying your house for your next project, are you noticing something that looks like little bumps on your walls like something is pushing through well those are called nail pops and that's where a nail has backed itself out of the drywall you know does it mean that your house is going to fall apart yeah not really how do you fix them well we're going to tell you in just a few minutes also ahead it's the deck building season and you're thinking isn't that the springtime well actually it's not there's two big deck building seasons and it's amazing how many people build decks in the fall because they're kind of tired of the one they have now or they just wish they had one So a lot of folks are ramping up to build decks, and that's why this hour we're going to get some expert advice from the editor of Fine Home Building Magazine. The the August issue is on newsstands now, and it's got a great story on what to think about when you're planning a deck project, and Kevin Ireton is going to fill us all in with some great deck design ideas. Yeah, I love that Fine Home Building. I love the shape of the magazine. I love the ideas, and it really is a good issue. So that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. And also, we're giving away, as we always do, give away a great prize. This hour, we're giving away a $100 prize package from our friends at Zircon. It's going to include a tool that's going to find ductwork, metal conduit, plumbing, pretty much any type of metal that you've got hiding behind your walls or in concrete, but you got to be in it to win it. So call us right now. One caller we talked to this hour is going to win that prize package. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's first? In New Hampshire, you can find the Money Pit in WGIR like Rachel does. What can we help you with? I have this very old house, 1780. And in the kitchen and the, um, well, actually in three different rooms, I have wood flooring that has large spaces in between because the wood is dried so much. Okay. It's knocked down dead gorgeous flooring, but it has these big wide gaps. And 
the previous owner had put down, like, heavy string or twine in between. And I want to know what's the right thing to do. The gaps can get really big, but obviously you can't put anything hard down in there because of the way the wood Right, it's just going to expand and contract. It sounds to me like the uh, previous owner did the right thing because we've often advised mm-hmm. folks to use jute cord, uh, which is the same stuff that carpet's made out of uh, as a filler for those situations because you're right. You can't use wood filler. It expands and contracts. It's going to fall out. But if you use something that's dark colored like jute, you can press it down there. It'll stay there. You can finish over top of it. But it does require some maintenance. Yeah, you can even stain the jute to be a closer color to your flooring so it you know doesn't stand out as much. And the interesting thing about jute is that there are so many layers of the twine itself that makes up the larger rope that you can sort of take away layers of it so that you can tuck it in more efficiently and make it fit to the area you're trying to fill. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. Think of that flooring by its technical term, charm. Yeah. <laughs> it does require some maintenance, though. Rachel, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Walter in Montana tunes in on KGEZ, and you've got a porch question. What can we answer for you? Well, I have supports on my, uh, my deck that uh, support the roof, and they are four-sided, and they meet at uh, 45-degree angles. And in the five years the house is built, built now, it's... Uh, They've separated and split apart, and uh, there's white paint showing inside. They're split about one-eighth of an inch on the corners, and I'm wondering how best to fill those and, and how to handle it. So these col- is it, these are columns that are split? Yes, they are. Okay, the wood itself is split? Yeah, the, the, they're composed of four pieces, Okay, and where they join, it's at 45-degree angles. It's okay. very sharp. All right. Well, here's what you're going to want to do. First of all, obviously, you're going to have to sand them all down. And then you're going to use a wood filler to fill in all of those gaps. If there's any loose pieces, they need to be secured so that they're not moving. Once they're sanded down and the filler is applied, all of those gaps are closed, then it's going to be real important that you use an oil-based primer and seal all of the exposed surfaces of those columns. Once you're done with the primer, then you could put a finish coat on top of it, which does not have to be oil-based, but I would definitely recommend an oil-based primer to seal it in, and it'll give you some dimensional stability. Sounds good. Terrific. Walter, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Lots of great home improvement calls. Hey, are they getting you busy planning your next fall renovation? You want to get organized, and we can help you. So call in your home repair or your home improvement question anytime the mood strikes you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you getting ready to replace that old carpeting in your house? Maybe you're thinking about installing some laminate floor or some hardwood floor. Well, don't waste money buying more flooring than you need. We're going to give you the surefire formula for measuring your room correctly after this. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. 
If you have trouble sleeping because of stuffy air, or if your floors and furniture feel sticky, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. During milder weather, when your air conditioner isn't running, humidity levels can rise unchecked. Whether it's mold and mildew or musty smells invading your home, an April Air Central Dehumidifier will help eliminate excess moisture and get you back on your way to a comfortable, healthy home and a good night's sleep. Call your heating and cooling contractor today or visit AprilAir.com. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. AOL's new real estate site has the answer to any question a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's kind of spooky, almost like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Hmm. Well, I do have a question about my 60s-style bungalow, because there's pink paint in the back and... Lead composition. Stabilize with 3-in-1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue to match your eyes. I think I love you. AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the magic number here over at the Money Pit is one eight 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 money pit And one caller that we talked to today, you got to ask your question on the air, folks. And you got to have a legitimate home improvement question. The question, hey, can I be the winner? doesn't cut it so we know you're working on stuff so give us a call because the prize we have today is a package from zircon and it includes a metallic scanner and it's a totally new futuristic looking tool that's going to detect metal maybe nails screws conduit rebar ductwork pretty much 
anything metallic behind your walls and in your concrete. And you're also going to get a circuit breaker finder that's going to allow you to find the breaker that controls a specific circuit. So you can cut that power to that direct circuit so you can do that work safely. The two tools together worth about 100 bucks. Give us a call now at 888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Let's talk now about floors. That's one of the popular topics that we're asked about a lot on this program. And I've got a simple formula for you if you're thinking about doing some carpeting work. If you want to figure out how much carpet you need, you've got to account for the waste, you know, the areas that we're going to lose a little bit off the roll. It's nice to know how much carpeting you need before you go to the carpet store because mm-hmm. this way you can budget out properly. And it's also good to make sure that you've got that extra in the beginning because if you need to reorder, say, for another area that dye lot might be different and they might not match exactly. Absolutely. So here's the formula. Very simple. Length times width divided by eight. Now, you wouldn't divide it by nine because that would give you the exact number of yards that you needed. But if you divided it by eight, that's going to give you the yardage that you need and a little bit extra to help you get around those tough spots to get into those nooks, those crannies, have some extra to uh, go under the doorways and in the closets and then make sure that you have enough to get the job done right without having any waste. If you want more tips, you can log on to our website at moneypit.com. Leslie, who's next? Tuning in on WETR, we've got Jackie in Tennessee who's got a fireplace project. What are you working on? Uh, we have about a maybe 50-year-old home that has a standard brick fireplace. Okay. And we added a gas insert that's smaller than the hole, and so we had some brick, additional brick a mason added some additional brick on, you know, to fit the insert, and it looks great structurally, but the color doesn't match and the mortar doesn't match. It, do we have any option to make that naturally look look more natural and blend in? Is there a way to use watercolors or stain rather than just paint? Um, what what sort of difference are you seeing? Is it just that the grout is more dark in the older parts, and the brick just has sort of like a brownish, agey glow, or it's, is it's it's um, noticeably different? It's a gray grout versus a tan, but we didn't worry about it at the time because we just assumed we were going to paint. But the new brick, of course, is a different color. We got it as close as we could, but it's more of a red brick versus a mesa, you know, western looking desert color and it just doesn't match at all it would be difficult to strategically stain that grout wouldn't it even if you tried an acid stain or or something like that now we do have a wooden mantle that we are putting that will cover the seam where the connection is so uh you know we're fine with just painting if that is our best option is there anything special we need to do or kind of paint or well first try this do you have any extra of the new bricks kicking around yes Okay, take one of the extra ones, get something from the home center called an aging glaze. And that basically is a quart. I know Ralph Lauren has one. Um, Bear makes one. There's a ton of different vendors that sell specifically something called aging glaze. Then you mix into that or you can mix in a little dish on the side. You don't have to commit to the entire quart with a color. Pick a tone in that brownish Mesa family that would mix into that aging glaze because the aging glaze is, is sort of clear and just helps loosen the paint and make it stick in a way in places where corners would wear and tear. Okay. And mix in you know a couple of different colors that you think might help achieve that brick transition. And okay. try it on those extra bricks until you find something that sort of ages it. For the grout, you know, you could have tinted the grout or chose a grout at the time of install. At this Mm -hmm. point, you know, is it too late at this point to use a grout tint? 
Um, maybe not. Uh, I would look into grout tints. I would also, if you can, if you've got a little bit of the extra grout kicking around, you know, smear some on a brick, let it solidify, and then work with it in the same way with a, not a watercolor, but a latex paint with the aging glaze, something that will help it just to try. Because I have about a foot of wood that will separate the new brick from the old, so it does doesn't have a very close transition and there's only about four inches of the new brick that are going to show so mm-hmm. that's good yeah because I, I personally i hate painted brick yeah yeah but jackie the good news is if it doesn't work out you can always paint mm-hmm. okay <laughs> it's like uh, at least thank you try for your advice. i yeah, really exactly. appreciate it you're welcome thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit glenn in texas wants to talk roofs what can we do for you uh yes ma'am uh i've been hearing rumors about reflective coatings for uh, uh, roofing in the house, whether liquid or uh, material like uh, insulation type things. Can you help me out on what to do? Uh, It's going to be about six more months, uh, and I'm going to have to re-roof the house. Uh, I was told that I could possibly paint something on the inside of the attic. Uh, I don't know that you could paint something on the inside of the attic, but but um, what kind of roof structure do you have? Is it a is it a pitched roof? Is it a flat roof? What do you got, Glenn? No, it's pitched. Uh, yes, sir. It's nineteen fifties uh, uh, ranch style house uh, facing north and south, and uh, uh, therefore the you know the hips are are east and west. Okay. Well, the type of foil product you're talking about for inside the attic is called a reflective barrier, and um, a reflective barrier basically keeps the heat on the side that you want it to be on. You know when you take tin foil and you put it over a casserole that's come out of the oven to keep the heat in? Mm-hmm. It reflects the heat back down. Well, if you put a reflective barrier in your attic, it keeps the heat out of the attic and makes the attic cooler. Um, I'm not aware that that's available on a paint for some sort of a liquid application, but it's available in more of like a, like a, like a sheet foil type of material. Really? From the outside, for an underlaying... Underneath the, the tar paper? No, but it goes no, it goes in the attic. It does not go on top of the roof. Okay. In the attic, right. Now, um, the reason I asked you if it was flat is because if you have a flat roof, there is an aluminum paint that's very often applied to flat roofs uh, that does reflect uh, the UV radiation of the sun back out and helps them last longer, but it's not something that you would put on any type of a sloped roof because it doesn't look so hot. Uh, on a, uh, I'm using single... Right now, I'm going to be going to, to dimensional. Uh, so the only thing I can do is on the underside. Yeah, you can add a reflective barrier. The other thing, Glenn, to look at, especially in Texas, is make sure you have great ventilation in that roof structure. Take this opportunity to add a ridge vent down the peak of the roof, add soffit vents on the sides so that you have good airflow throughout that roof. That will also help keep the home much cooler. Yes, sir. I just did that uh, about three months ago. All righty. Thank you so much, kids. I appreciate it. Love your show. You're welcome, Glenn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Taking a call from Minnesota now with Chris. Chris, what are you staining? What are you working on? Uh, well, I'm curious about stain because I don't tend to use it. I tend to just uh, clear coat with polyurethane. I okay. like the natural look of wood. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law swears by stain, and I'm thinking, why would I want to do two steps when I could just do one? You know, well, polyurethane is always more than one step. But the stain finish the product. If you stain something, do you still have to clear coat over it? 
Yes, you do. The, the stain um, is going to give you the color coat, but you still have to do a clear coat on top Unless of it. you buy that product that's the stain and the polyurethane in one coating. I forget yeah, who true. makes it. It's at the home center. Um, the only thing, if you go with that product, because I've worked with it before and while you were out, if you double coat an area... It because it's the polyurethane and the stain built blotchy, into one, right? it gets like muddy. It like yeah. sticks to itself. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you really want to make sure you do it evenly and smoothly in one run and never sort of overlap where you stop and start. But you can stain. There are different l- colors, levels of opacity. You can have all different colors from blues and whites and reds to natural tones that will still show the wood grain, still show the beauty of the wood, and then polyurethane them so that they have a durability and a sheen to them. Yeah, Chris, you'll find that if you use stain, it evens out the tones of the wood. Let me ask you, are you are you talking about inside woodwork or outside woodwork? Inside. Uh, what kind of work? Like trim work, that sort of thing? or? Yeah, my staircase in the house. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what kind of wood it is. It's kind of dark. Well, it's been... It was uh, like lacquered dark or something to begin well, with. Well, you know, stain can it. be used very strategically in projects like that. I have a, a an old handrail in uh, my home, which was built in 1886, and it had... Uh, an untold number of coats of paint on it. We finally got down to the raw wood. It was a very, very beautiful, like a dark, I'm certain, still not quite sure what it was. I'm pretty sure that it's a, a either a mahogany or a walnut because it's just so old. But it did have some inconsistencies, even though we got all that paint off. I just took some dark jacopene stain, put another coat on top of it, even the whole thing all up. It looks great. We put some finish on top of that, and it, and it looks probably as good as the day it went in. So you can use this, you can use it strategically. You can use it to add some color to the wood. Um, you can use it to even things out. So you wouldn't have to necessarily even stain a whole project if you just wanted to. If you if it matched well enough. If it matched well enough, but I would recommend doing the whole thing. And okay. you know you you don't have to brush it on. You would put it on in a rag and just dab it on, rub it out. It gives you a nice hand rub look to the whole project. Cool. Okay. Give it a try. I think your sister in law may be right on this. All right. But you don't have to tell her we said so. (laughs) Chris, thanks (laughs) thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thanks. Sherry, you're on the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I was calling. I'm having trouble with my hot water heater or hot water in my home. Okay. When I get in the shower, and I don't take long showers at all, um, by the time I'm ready to wash the conditioner out of my hair, I'm running out of hot water. What kind of a water heater do you have right now? Um, you mean brand name or is it gas? Is it yeah, uh, uh-huh. it's, it's gas and and how old is it? Um, I don't know. Really old, like ten years plus. Probably so. Yeah. Well, you certainly shouldn't be running out of hot water that quickly. So that sounds to me like the gas valve has malfunctioned and it's not really doing the job it should be doing. You know, normally if you have like a minimum size gas water heater, it's going to be forty gallons. It could supply thirty to forty gallons of hot water per hour and. Certainly, you're not using that much in the shower. So it sounds to me like your water heater is not functioning correctly. Um, you might want to check the valve and make sure it's set correctly. You want to have the water coming out at about 110 degrees, not any hotter because you could get scalded. If the valve is set correctly and still not still running out of hot water that quickly, then you're probably going to need to replace the valve or replace the water heater. What's the general lifespan on a water heater? 10 to 15 years for the most part. And if you're going to replace it, take a look at the new tankless water heaters. They're a lot more efficient, a little more expensive to put in, but a lot more efficient for the long haul. More great calls coming up, but first, how to build a better deck. Kevin Ireton is going to join us. He is the editor at Fine Home Building Magazine, and he's got some great and unique deck design ideas, so stick around. You live in a money pit.
Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better with your help. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, maybe you're working on some things around the house or even out of doors. It really is the perfect time of year to tackle all of those outside projects, and you want to get them done quick before summer escapes you. And a deck, if you didn't know, is the most cost-effective way to add square footage to your home without actually building an addition. And decks have become the ultimate outdoor living space but instead of taking a cookie cutter approach you should think outside the box when it comes to building that's right you know a conventional deck is usually pressure treated wood framing that's attached to your house with railings and with balusters all around the edge but what if your deck had seating built into the perimeter or better yet it was free standing from the house this is an interesting concept that was pointed out by the folks from fine home building magazine who have a nice article called build a better deck in this month's edition and with us to talk about that is kevin ireton he's the editor of fine home building hi kevin Hi, Tom. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Kevin. So you've got the solution to build a better deck, and one of your talking points is that we should really not be attaching this to the house. Why do you say that? Well, Tom, you're a home inspector. You've got to know that one of the problem spots is that ledger that where the deck attaches to the house. Well, that's true because, you know, dimensional lumber, you know, 2 by 10s for example, are not exactly built to be attached to the outside of a weatherproof surface. And, and that's where the water hits, and people never flash it properly. Right. So here's the deal. Why not leave a little bit of space? When we're talking about a freestanding deck, I don't mean 10 or 20 feet away. I yeah. mean right against the house. <laughs> but, but there's actually just a little bit of space, like a half inch or an inch between the house and the deck, so that any water that lands there can just drain harmlessly away. Well, it makes sense, but the, from a constructural standpoint, um, one of the advantages of attaching to the house is, is uh, what we call rack protection. It stops it from sliding or moving. So how do or you deal with that? moving at a square, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing is I wouldn't do this with a deck that was, that was very tall. You know, t- this works best with a, with a grade-level deck or maybe anything, you know, 30 inches below you, you could do this. Okay. And basically you provide rack resistance in the framing underneath the deck. So this is just done really with multiple posts instead of just that one ledger that would be on the side of the house. You're just adding more 4x4s or 6x6s. Well, you need, like, say, two girders instead of one. Exactly. You're, you're doing the same thing on the, on the inside that you do on the outside, which right. is a, you know, pour some piers and put a, put a girder across. All right. What about the benches and the railings around the perimeter? What suggestions do you have for that? Well, the, the first thing is that built-in benches, especially on a low deck, not only do they add seating, but they add visual interest. I mean, so many decks are just this big sort of football field. It's a boring expanse of, of lumber. Built-in seating just instantly adds interest and practicality to a deck. But one of the cool things is to use the same posts that are supporting the deck to come right up through, support the benches, and then keep going and, and build up a pergola, which is a roof-type structure over top, of the, uh, over top of the bench. Plant some vines, and you've got a beautiful outdoor space. Which is interesting because shade structures usually have been sort of an add-on or a second thought, and you don't really put that into the original planning process. It, it's much better if you can integrate them from the beginning so that they, they look like that was all one thought and the design becomes an integrated whole. What about in the planning process of a shade structure or this pergola, as we're going to call it? Is there any sort of directions when we're thinking about placing the rafters that would help us you know, better enjoy the deck on a hot, sunny day? I, I think you know, the, the thing that, that you typically keep in mind is that the higher you go, the smaller the dimension of the lumber should be. Um, and it, this is, again, kind of a, a layering effect. And you, you want to kind of work like a tree so that the higher up you tr- the tree you go, the smaller the branches get. The same way with the pergola structure. So your smallest 
pieces are the ones that are at the very top. You can cut decorative curves on the ends of them pretty simply, but also really dresses up the pergola. Now, Kevin, let's talk a bit about the structure uh, of the deck in terms of the pressure-treated lumber that's actually used. As the formulations for pressure-treated lumber have uh, changed to get away from the arsenic-based treatments to more of the copper-based treatments, uh, are we seeing more corrosion in the hardware and the fasteners, and how do we work around that? Um, Tom, absolutely. The, the newest formulations of pressure-treated are, are more corrosive because they've got more copper in them, and so you've got this galvanic reaction. So what you want to do is buy the highest quality galvanized or stainless steel fasteners. And also you have these high-tech flashings like Grace Vicor Plus, which is a membrane that wraps around it. Are, are you seeing professionals do a much better job with these high-tech synthetic flashings than they perhaps did with the standard aluminum flashings of years ago? Oh, absolutely. In, in part because they're great high-tech materials, but they're also way easier to work with. I mean, these elastomeric membranes... I mean, you, can, you don't have to have a lot of expertise working with metal. You don't need a break. They're just much easier, much more forgiving. Good advice. The article is called Build a Better Deck. It's in this month's edition of Fine Home Building Magazine. Kevin Ireton, the editor, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it is always great to have Kevin on the show. All right. Speaking of home improvement, you like to do projects. Do you find yourself wandering around your house just looking for things to fix? Well, if you're like us, you're probably doing that right now while you're listening. And you might be noticing something like a little round bump on your walls. They're in a line. Ah, that's a big clue to what it is. Well, they're a common problem, and they're called nail pops. We're going to tell you how to fix them right after this. 888 Money Pit table saw 18 volt drill driver 8 piece combo kit you don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want with Ryobi you can actually afford them Ryobi power tools professional features affordable prices and they sound really good too Ryobi exclusively at the Home Depot So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash home design. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. If you have trouble sleeping because of stuffy air, or if your floors and furniture feel sticky, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. During milder weather, when your air conditioner isn't running, humidity levels can rise unchecked. Whether it's mold and mildew or musty smells invading your home, an April Air Central Dehumidifier will help eliminate excess moisture and get you back on your way to a comfortable, healthy home and a good night's sleep. Call your heating and cooling contractor today or visit AprilAir.com. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. AOL's new real estate site has the answer to any question a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's kind of spooky, almost like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Hmm. Well, I do have a question about my 60s style bungalow because there's pink paint in the back and. Lead composition. Stabilize with 3 in 1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue to match your eyes. I think I love you. 
AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's what Leslie calls the magic number. because it is a magic uh, number. It's live all the time. There's always somebody standing by to take your home improvement question. And if we're not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. You know what, Tom? When we're bailing people out of some sticky home improvement situations, I bet you they're calling it a magic number. I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today uh, we're going to give away a Zircon prize package to one caller to the magic number of one eight 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 Money Pit. It includes a circuit finder, which is very handy if you ever wonder what breaker turns off a specific uh, circuit in your house, like maybe something that something's plugged into, and you're trying to figure out how to de-energize <laughs> it so you can know. make an improvement. You go, honey, is that it? No, <laughs> you know. Or you could do what I used to do: put the radio on really loud and <laughs> listen for it to go Wait off. Wait for it to go off. Yeah, those are those are primitive circuit finders. <laughs> Zircon has got a very cool system where you plug a tool into the outlet. You go down to the uh, electrical panel and you kind of run this magic wand over it. There's a lot of magic in the show. You're noticing the trend here, and, and it actually tells you which breaker is connected to that circuit, so you can turn it off, do your repair, and be on your way. That plus the metallic scanner is worth a hundred bucks. We're going to give it to one caller. So call us now with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and ask us that question to qualify for that great prize from Zircon. And speaking of home improvement questions, one of the most pressing ones we get is, how do you fix those darn nail pops? And it's funny that people know exactly what they're called, but the description of what it is is pretty much what you're calling them, nail pops. You see this little round head poking up through the drywall paper. It's sort of pushing everything up. It's lifting up that paint. That's why you see that little circle of the nail head and then that little depression of the paint around it. And it's really, it's nothing dangerous. Nothing is wrong with your house. They're easy to fix. It happens when framing lumber is drying out and it's going to push that nail right back out of it just because everything is tightening up. And the best way to take care of it is you want to drive a new nail right next to the loose one and make sure that the head of the new nail is overlapping to the loose nail's head and then hammer it down till it brings both nails flush. Another option is to just pull that nail out and replace it with a drywall screw because a drywall screw is going to stay in. If you replace it with a nail, give it a couple years, you're going to get a new nail pop. Once you've got it fixed, you want to cover it with spackle, sand it, repaint it, and no one will be the wiser. Easy to fix. Call us right now for more home improvement tips. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's next? Joanne in South Carolina's got a fireplace problem. What can we help you with? Yes, and we just uh, remodeled our home and took out a glass front um, fire fireplace screen, and we have a lot of humidity over here. So I'm trying to figure out how I can keep the humidity out um, besides just the damper. We don't want to do anything permanent because someday we may want to sell the house. Well, I don't think that your fireplace is the source of your humidity problem if you live in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> you know, the heat's going to be going up the chimney, not uh, down. 
If you're trying to reduce humidity, there's a whole bunch of other things that you should be thinking about doing, starting on the outside of the house, making sure that your gutter system is there, it's functional, it's discharging water away from the house, making sure the soil slopes away from the walls. These are ways to manage the water from the outside. Did you have a forced air system? We have a, a, a heat pump. Okay, and then you're going to have a forced air duct system if you have a heat pump. A good thing to add on to that is something called a whole home dehumidifier. Uh, There is one made by April Air that's excellent. They're one of the sponsors of this show. They are a terrific company that um, makes a product that takes out 90 pints of water a day. And it doesn't ever need any emptying, so it's consistently pulling the water out from where it needs to be. And you can adjust it in different ways to kick on in different zones, particularly rooms below grade more often than in the rest of the house. But it's continually pulling the moisture. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Talking to Rosemary in Pennsylvania. Welcome. What can we help you with? I purchased a uh, condo in Florida. And all the walls have contact paper. Well, that certainly was an odd decorating choice, don't you think? (laughs) I didn't realize it until after I purchased it. Um, they so left the, the roll, and it, it is contact. Oh, well, that's in case you want to you want to make any <laughs> you repairs. Want to add more? <laughs> it's right. Um, so there's a contact paper on top of drywall. It's sheetrock. Uh, yeah, that's drywall. That's going to be very hard to get off, Rosemary. You know, you can uh, you can try to use a hair dryer and and heat up one corner of the car of the contact paper. It'll start okay. to to peel up a bit, and once It'll it starts to soften, and loosen it. Yeah. And then peel it back and see how it behaves. Now, if it comes off and maybe just leaves the glue on the wall, that's not so bad. If it peel, if it pulls the paper off, then you got a bigger problem. The only way you're going to be able to deal with this if you pull the paper off is you're going to have to put a second layer of drywall on top of that. But I would do a little bit of experimenting and seeing how hard it is to pull it off. If it comes off fairly easily and you've just got some glue behind, then what I would do is I would use an oil-based primer and prime right over the glue. It's uh, kind of the miracle paint. It will cover everything and give you a good neutral surface to make the new paint stick. You should be able to paint on top of that. It might be just a bit more textured than what you were hoping for. Uh, but if you use a flat paint, it will probably come out very nicely. Thank you ever so much. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Gail in Virginia, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we help you with? Yes, um, I have a home where the garage, it's a rancher, and the garage actually is below grade on the back side of the house. Okay. And when we have a situation where we have really heavy rainfall within a short period of time, water actually comes through the back wall of the garage into the garage. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to solution to fix the situation. Is the exterior wall a concrete block and it's actually leaking itself? Yes. Below grade is concrete block. Above grade is brick. Uh, It's a brick veneer home. Okay. And so the water is sort of coming through the brick and getting into the garage wall. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right, well, what you could do is try a masonry sealer. If you use a masonry sealer on that, you want to make sure that it's a vapor permeable sealer. In other words, it lets the brick breathe so that moisture can move in and move out of it. Um, It's available at home centers, at hardware stores. I would also obviously look for any 
places where there could be voids that water is getting in. If there are any windows above that, make sure you don't have any cracks in the, in the window brick edging where water is going to get in. So do all the basics. But what you could do is put a masonry sealer on that, and that will probably slow the flow of water through that brick. Brick's very absorbent. It's very hydroscopic, so it tends to suck a lot of water in, and then that water will evaporate into the inside space, probably you know show up as puddles as well as like white, crusty mineral salt deposits inside mm-hmm. the garage wall. Right, right. Okay, all right. So the best best route then is to use a sealer of some sort. A masonry sealer. Right. And make okay, sure that you okay. have enough gutters directing the water away from that wall itself to begin with as it's coming yeah. off the roof. Yeah, try to reduce the amount of water that's getting there one way or the other. And uh, if that's still a problem, then use a masonry sealer. Gail, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. More great calls after the break and emails, too, including one about your roof being strong enough to withstand a major storm. We'll help you figure that out next. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. But what happens if you're too shy to pick up the phone? Well, you can... Log on to moneypit.com and shoot us an email question. You can also, while you're there, click on the Ask Tom and Leslie logo. Or if you're surfing the web and suddenly it strikes you, you can email us at helpmeatmoneypit.com. Just like Ginny did here in Fairfield, Connecticut. And she writes, we want to get our aging roof replaced before there's a major problem. Good idea. One of the estimates we got advised that we'll need to weather tape our roof if we want to be sure it'll stand up to severe storms. Is weather taping just contractor jargon or is there really something to it? Ah, you know, weather tape, scotch tape, masking tape. <laughs> just tape. <laughs> it's like that undercoating at the car dealer that Jerry Seinfeld talked about. <laughs> exactly. It, it is uh, contractor jargon, but it does have a specific purpose. It's actually another word for flashing. Weather taping basically means to flash your home's leak-prone areas from the effects of water and wind and any type of, of precipitation from, from getting in. Flashings is, uh, are the products that actually prevent that air and water infiltration. They, they go around every opening for your roof. So, for example, they might go around a skylight, around a window, around a, a vent. Even dormers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, even dormers are where mm-hmm. you might have a situation where odd roof lines sort of join together. That could be a leak-prone area also. Yeah, absolutely. And there are lots of different flashings available, but we really like the ones that are sort of high-tech. They're very, very flexible. They're self-adhering rubberized asphalt flashing. And why that's important is because it actually can form and stick to the opening that you want to protect. It creates that waterproof seal. It really does sort of tape it in in a very permanent way. It's better than the aluminum where water can find its way around very, very simply. Mm -hmm. The problem is that, you know, there are all kinds of little spots that aluminum can't cover, like, for example, a nail hole. Yeah, and this is so great. These rubberized membranes, once you put the nail through it, Tom and I saw a demo at, I think it was the Builder Show, where they had this rubberized membrane from Grace, and they had the whole thing turned upside down with all these nail holes, and no water was seeping through anywhere. Yeah, that's called Vicor Plus, and it's uh, another one is the roof and detail membrane from Grace. Uh, their website is graceathome.com. That would be a great place to go and learn all about weather taping. And Ginny, thanks so much for writing us at the Money Pit. Well, Leslie, one of the unpleasant chores of summer is taking out the trash. Not that you don't have to do this year-round, but in Uh, the summer, it's 
particularly sticky and, and bug infested. And that's why I'm glad that today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, you have some tips on how to uh, clean up that mess. Yeah, it's true. The trash is pretty stinky usually. Add to it, you know, 100 plus degree temperatures and high humidity and PU. It is horrible. In fact, your garbage can is probably the most underrated appliance. And it is an appliance, folks, in your home. Although, you know, place some pretty nasty things in there. And it does a great job of storing all of your life's leftovers right in the middle of where you live, eat, and breathe. So if you want to keep it so that you don't notice it doing its work, here's a tip so you keep things nice and clean smelling. Once a month, you want to take all of your indoor trash cans outside and give them a thorough cleaning. Mix up three quarters of a cup of bleach into one gallon of water and wash the interior of the garbage can and also the handles and also the lid. You want to make sure that that bleach and water solution has time to kill that bacteria that causes those odors. And some of that bacteria can actually be harmful to your family's health. So let that bleach solution sit on there for at least five minutes and then rinse very, very well. If you keep it up, you won't even notice that the trash is there. Great tips, great advice, especially in the summer when it's hot, sticky, and humid. And when you're spending a lot of money on your electric bill, have you been opening them uh, lately? It's not a pretty Yeah, sight. they're scary. <laughs> it's well, that's scary. why I think on next week's program, we're going to tackle that topic. We'll have some cool tips to help you lower those electric bills. And believe me, it's something you want to get on right now because you're still going to have a few more big ones to pay. And this way you will be set for next year. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.